The Choose Love movement offers no-cost solutions that keep our kids safe, providing them with the skills and tools they need to flourish. Join us in our mission to create the world we want to live in, one that's connected and compassionate. Check us out at chooselovemovement.org. Together, we can choose love. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Choose Love podcast. I have a really special guest today. Uh, Jonathan Lewis Sr. is here to uh, tell us about his son, Jonathan Jr. You may have read about the Lewises in the media, unfortunately, fairly recently. Uh, unfortunately, um, there was a, a, a fight and uh, John lost his uh, son. His son was murdered. And I, I don't want to say too much about that, John, because I want you to talk about what happened and what needs to happen. Um, but first, I want you to uh, tell us tell us more about Jonathan and who he was. I mean, I know a lot about him already because uh, because of his actions. Um, during what happened and what I've read about him, which is so incredible. And it reminds me so much of Jesse and his heroism uh, in, in, in a situation that our kids should never find themselves in, especially in today's world. Um, but unfortunately, we are two parents that are bereaved and that are on, that are connected in that way, but also on this incredible journey to make the world a better place so that other parents don't have to suffer like we did. And I'm just so happy that you're here with us today, Jonathan. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Scarlett. It's an honor to be here. And I uh, just hope that all children can receive love and compassion and find a, a deep sense of community and find the will within themselves to choose that versus choosing hate and anger and rage. Yeah, interesting that you use the word choice um, because uh, to a certain degree, well, to it is a choice when you have some awarenesses, skills, and tools. Um, yeah. So otherwise, otherwise uh, maybe it's not so much a choice, but once you have that awareness, boy, it is. And that's what you and I are both dedicated to to bring to the world, uh, but would you just give us a sense of who Jonathan, I say is, I always use the current tense because they're, they're around us, they continue to exist, and we see Jonathan's beautiful influence in his, his organization that you created, uh, in, in his actions, in what's going to be moving forward to change the world, but I just kind of wanted to, to know through your eyes a little bit more about Jonathan when he was with us in this world. Yes, thank you so much, Scarlett. And and first, just let me say, yeah, I completely concur. If, if children are taught the ability to be present and, and be able to choose consciously, then they're making a, a truly conscious choice, but they have to be taught that truly. Um, my son was a very loving and kind young man. I mean, he he loved his friends and his family, and he, you know, like other children, have a lot of really deep 
complex issues because of the way the world is and trying to understand how to fit in in a world that is having major events and and all around them there's there's a really difficult um there seems to be this drive to choose teams and choose sides and and to you know always have these polarities and i think that jonathan just really just wanted to just live his life with with love and, and caring about his friends and family and he loved to go camping um i got to take him on his first camping trip he loved that so much he, you know he loved nature so much um he loved art so much he a few years ago he was really getting into music and he wanted to be a musician and i've been trying to help him pursue that and um he i even uh was really critical about that and was like well son don't worry about getting a little part-time job i'll just got a bank account for him and just like sent him money and i was like just pursue your dreams you know just and he and he really embraced that and you know even at 17 years old i have had a conversation with my son a few months ago about how if you if you have love in your life you have people that love you um that you have deep riches and you know at 17 years old my son understood that and i thought that was really inherently indicative of who he was as a human being and that he was you know had really had really a a lot of deep wisdom within himself and and deep love for life and and um he had a very complex life as well there was a lot of dynamics there um his mother and i were separated when he was very young and and so and, and he was estranged from me a lot of his life and we had back and forth and sometimes he would come live with me and and so I, I finally was able to get a really deep relationship with him over the last three years. And, and um, so he's had a, a lot of challenges in his life as well. And, and really just, I think, faced them with love and, and a deep will to, to live bright and, and to be connected with people. He loved his friends so much. And that's why he was sticking up for them so much that he had a small friends group and they went through a lot together and I was actually trying to remove my son from the situation he was in and get him to come live with me. And so there's some deep complexities there too. And, and, um, through it all, he just continued to just try to be the best person he could be and, and love everyone unconditionally and not take sides even between him and him, his mom and I, he would not even want to take sides. He just loved us all. And, wanted to just be that centered place where he could that that person that's centered and where he could just kind of touch everybody's life with love and compassion and yeah absolutely i mean that and he lived that way uh and he died that way um there was a fight at um uh, at a high at his high school in Las Vegas, and uh, can you tell us a little bit about what happened? Yeah, so um, there there was many there were some events that led up to this, um, and uh, Jonathan only had a small friend group, you know, him and two main friends that he had, and um, there was a, the, several events where his friend has stuff stolen from him obviously you know this this group of of young men you know they're they're in a region in, around R ranch of high school that's wrought with gang mentality and criminal mentality it's an impoverished ghetto region 
And it, it was just, there's a lot of hor horrific circumstances that these young men and women go through. And, you know, the gang mentality and the criminal mentality is very prevalent. And so, yeah, I mean, they were bullying him. They were, they were bullying him and his friends and just taking their stuff and acting like they could just do whatever they want because they're the dominant group. That's bullying, you know, it's a terrific kind of bullying. It's like a dominator culture bullying where the bigger group just thinks that they can just do whatever they want because they have the ability to inflict more physical violence. I mean, that's simply the facts. And, you know, at, at 13, 14, 15 years old, you, you know, your mind is not fully developed. You don't have a deep sense of your ideology and, and your the complex sociological concerns. But you do know the difference between right and wrong. You know, I mean, you definitely do. I, I, I remember back to 10 years old, I, I knew the difference between what was right and what was wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were they were doing things that were not not OK. They were they were stealing and, and bullying and acting like they could just do whatever they want because they're the dominant group. And the school knew about stuff like this. This was uh, this has been an ongoing issue. There's a lot of issues like this in the school. And Jonathan and his friend just couldn't take it anymore. You know, they're just backed into a corner. They're just like a, a ravenous dog backed into the corner that's just trying to defend themselves and, and doesn't know what to do. And they're, this group is all around them all the time at the school. You know, you know how school environments are. It's just it's a close, it's a small environment. You know, at any turn, you could get bombarded with a part of this group or with the whole group. And it just dominates your psyche and it just overwhelms you. And and um, my, my son and I had many conversations about things were going on, but he wouldn't tell me everything. A part of that is because there was a lot of complex issues occurring that I don't really want to describe because I don't want to offend his mother or be or you know harm anyone. And it's just there there was a lot of other social complexities in his life, so he, he didn't he wouldn't tell me everything. I he told me some things. And I got a sense of it. And I was just like, Jonathan, you need to leave Las Vegas right now. Like, I'm, I, I want you on a plane right now. I'm about to buy you a plane ticket. And, you know, I was trying to work this out. It was so I could sense it. I could feel it in his tone of voice and his conversation. He was very stressed and I didn't know everything. I tried everything I could do. And yeah, it just they came to basically it was like he was being bullied by uh, was it gang related? Yeah, as far as we understand, well, either way, Scarlett, hands down, like that that region is uh, around Rancho High School as predominantly uh, a ghetto impoverished region that is dominated with criminal and gang mentality. Yeah. And yeah, as far as we understand it, there there's multiple associations with gangs within this group. And you know that they that's just that they just were dominating them and bullying them and acting like they could do whatever they want steal their stuff and just kept pushing them and kept pushing them and you know jonathan just wanted to just defend his friends he was actually living with one of his friends and his friend's mom and he loved his friends so much and they were they were going through a lot of stuff and it was very harsh and and so yeah at a certain point they just tried to they tried he tried to confront this whole group by himself with his one friend to get to get his stuff back and get and uh, to you know have some justice for his son, some healthy warrior culture mentality. You know, like I'm not going to let my I'm a, he was a bigger boy and he was he was just like I'm going to fearlessly go and tell these people they can't abuse my me and my friends and they and they they I believe that they conceived a plan to to gang up on him and, and beat him. I mean, they just immediately rushed in and. 
and you, you know he 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 was doing a, a normal healthy warrior thing that you do you know he was defending himself and and he was defending his friend who was uh, smaller, you said, and yes. the fight actually was uh, over a wireless headphones and a vape pen. Is that right? Yes, so that they were stealing that. Yeah, they were just acting like they could pull bully them and take stuff from them anytime they want. And was, he just has two small friends and he's a really big kid. And, and yeah, he's just trying to protect them. And, and uh, yeah, it's uh, obviously, you know, these kids, they, they knew what they were doing. And they 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 knew what they were doing is wrong, and and yeah, they beat him to death. Yeah. So they so in a group of uh, ten or twelve boys, they surrounded your son, and unfortunately, um, the video was online, and you you saw what that looked like, and they beat him to death right there. Yeah. And and what's even more perverse to me is that they they filmed it. You know, this like. It's just it's just inherently reflective of, of how contorted we have become like this. It was actually something that they thought would they would just be able to get away with and just use it as entertainment and put it on, on, on social media. I mean, it's just absolutely mind blowing that it's come to this. It, it's it's to me, it's inherently indicative of pathological normalization. You know, we have like a lot of toxic cult culture that is just normalized like violence and 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 you know resolving conflicts by being violent and dominating and just saying well you can't tell me what to do and not trying to work things out and just letting things build up and just you know saying well just pull up your bootstraps and just deal with it and don't express your emotions healthily and if you have any anger or, or rage or any of these other emotions there you should just bottle them up and not not have healthy outlets to express them and and it's just absolutely absurd to me. I mean, this is a non-dualistic reality. We, sh we should have healthy ways to express those things. But we have to learn those. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're not born with healthy ways to deal with our emotions. We we learn by watching other people and, and or also learning from our parents. Hopefully, you know, if we if we have parents with these skills and tools, we learn from our parents modeling. And then a best case scenario, we get it reinforced and practiced at school as well. Um, but sometimes parents don't have these skills and tools uh, really to no fault of their own. They weren't taught and they can't give what they don't have. So then we rely on the schools and the communities to help make up this lack and this is a situation that shows what happens when we don't do that, when we don't take responsibility for what's going on in our community and we let kids uh, bully each other. And this is what can happen. Yeah. And, and, and you know, expanding upon that. That's absolutely critical. You know, we we don't have we we, we in in psychology there's there is a deep need to have integrative practices. You know, teaching diet and 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 understandings of that. There's actually practices out there that teach you to healthily express your emotions. And like you're saying, there's there needs to be an actual formulated curriculum that's implemented on a consistent basis, and then and then reflected inside of other institutions that our children are involved in. And, and it should be passed around the entire community. Other 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 parents should enforce that inside of their home when the children are there. And this there's a deep need for this to have and you know integration and and across the spectrum of, of the community, 
and, 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 and expanding upon that too, what really I feel in my heart and this message I keep receiving so deeply is that also they don't have, there's a, there's the, there's a popularism around dominator culture and there's a less popularism around inspired positive behavioral culture where, you know, we, we, we sensationalize violence and we sensationalize, you know, the ability to, to, be a, a warrior, but we don't look at what a healthy warrior is. Like, like I, there's lots of warriors in my family. Like I have all the way down from World War II veterans and, and they always teach to us to be loving and kind and respectful and, and have honor and dignity. And, and, and you know, it, there's nothing wrong with being a strong man and a strong male, and, and but, but there is something wrong with being psychopathic. Like you should, there's no sense to me, there's there's absolutely no relation between being a healthy warrior like I am. I'm a warrior father. Like I protect my children and I protect all children and I protect people around me. But at the same time, I'm completely compassionate about it. You know, I, I have deep empathy. And, and if somebody's suffering and they're confused, like I don't, and, and they maybe have some mental health problems or or they're somehow and they're just going through something extreme and, and painful and traumatic. I don't look at them as somehow is as some kind of person that's uh, inadequate. I, I I look at that as an authentic expression of pain and trauma, and I and I and I have empathy for them, you know. And I don't see them as some dangerous person. Like when when somebody is suffering and struggling, they're there. That's a time when the community needs to love them more and surround them more. And that's a buffer. That's the energy that builds up that people can, that that person can resonate off of instead of resonating off of their reactive senses, which is, oh, I, everybody just thinks I'm such a freak. And everybody just thinks that, you know, there's something wrong with me. Like, I, should, I just want to lash out at them because they're hurting me even more. You know, if we just build up that sense of love and, and compassion and, and just having empathy for these people and recognizing that, hey, this is a complex life. There's a lot of traumas. There's a lot of trauma that has occurred over history. You know, we're at a we're at very critical points in the history of humanity. This is a very complex society. You know, we're being told we tell children that they need that their value in their life is related to what kind of job they can get and what kind of output they they can put into society. When nature inherently tells us that the wellspring of life, the endless essence and origin of life, is boundless and abundant, and that you know life all form, forms it fits into it, it itself and everything contributes to each other and there's a mutual cooperative spectrum and everything everybody mutually cooperates and and flourishes and in an endless and boundless nature and then we're telling you know human children that their value is based upon what kind of job they can get and and what kind of input that they can have into society instead of teaching them to be well-rounded you know inspired individuals that have a deep multifaceted nature and that have a deeply rooted center but also at the same time branch out and they study art and they study science and they study the, their, their environment and the community and they feel like they can make a contribution even if they work at mcdonald's and you know like that, that's that's it's a horrific pain that we're uh, imposing upon young people that oh well you know you must just have this type of structure that's implemented in your life like yeah we they teach them to discipline and, and and to be structured at the same time teach them how deeply enriching they are to the world 
and how much they can make a contribution just by existing. Yeah. Yeah. Give them idea, an idea of meaning and purpose in their life. I mean, one of the things that really struck me, Jonathan, and before we even spoke was your response that I read about in, uh, you know, online in the news article, but your response to what happened was so incredibly compassionate and, and the, the comments that you made about the boys who murdered your son. Can you share um, how, what you said and why? Uh, I think, I know that the Choose Love audience is, is going to be fascinated by how quickly you were able to come to compassion. Um, so I, I, um, I just want to give you a little background and just say to you that I have experienced some of the most absolutely unimaginable traumas that anybody could experience in their lives. Uh, I grew up in Salinas, California, and, and two houses down from where the dividing line was between the Norteños and Serenos. And all of a sudden, I'd be at my park, and 30 people would be killing each other, and there'd be dead bodies on the ground, and I'd be getting shot at. And I and my father worked in the prisons as an electrician, and it was brutally complex, and he was very traumatized by it. And some days he'd come home and just beat me with a two by four because I misplaced one of his hundreds of tools and he and, until the point of where I could barely walk. But he but he was a loving man too. He, and he just didn't understand how to be able to cope with what he was going through. Like he would sit there and describe to me how there was just a, an incredible gang war inside of the prison and seven people just shanked each other to death with, and I'm seven years old and he's sitting here describing this to me. And that's why he beat me so bad because he he mis I misplaced one of his screwdrivers, and if that would have happened at the prison, they would have used it for it for their from for one of their gang wars. Oh God! And then by the time I was eleven years old, my father totally broke down, and he almost killed me with a nail prank bar. I was trying to protect him. He became a drunk and an alcoholic, and he had a very complex mind, and he was very uh, highly intelligent. He went to actually UNLV for like eight years. And um, he was a very intelligent man, but he just couldn't cope. He wasn't he wasn't developed emotionally. He didn't have a deep emotional intelligence. And yeah, he almost took half of my face off of my face with a nail prying bar. And I passed out in a pool of my own blood. And my oldest brother, who had just gotten out of the Marine Corps and didn't have any structure in life, he just was living out of his car. He came and he picked me up from that my dad's house. And then I lived homeless with him and I worked brutally hard labor and to the point of where I, I worked in a, for a concrete company alongside immigrants in my own country at just 12 and 13 years old. And I would, my hands would get so blistered, I couldn't even hold a fork to eat my food. And then uh, we, we survived all this stuff. And my oldest brother made it to IBM as a computer scientist. And then he died two weeks later. And then I joined the military the day I changed 18. And I saw just, I, I saw, I, I left the military uh, early because I had medic, major medical problems. I had to have surgeries on my neck and I was getting these really bad infections. And so I've just experienced just absolutely unimaginable traumas in my life. And uh, I, when, when that happened to me when I was 12 years old, I, I, I had a deep awakening within myself, if you will. I don't want to like promote, you know, spiritual awakenings if, unless it's, um, you know, something that people resonate with, but it's, I, I looked at what men do and I, 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 chose that at that time that I never wanted to be like that. And I never wanted people to hurt. And uh, I chose at that time to 
that that like swelled up in me as uh, deep compassion instead of anger and revenge. And I was so over overwhelmed with, uh, you know, just deep empathy for my father and, and for love and for, you know, the pain that he went through. His dad was a highly decorated World War II veteran and his mom died when he was just a little boy. And so, you know, just absolutely unimaginable traumas in my lineage and so would you My say mom. that you came to because you can you can repeat the pattern, you can do what you know because that's what you know and you're uncomfortably comfortable with, or you can have that awakening. And it sounds like you considered your father's pain, uh, even generationally, and it sounds like you forgave him, and that was part of your spiritual awakening. Yeah, it was one of the deepest parts of my spiritual awakening. And then actually, strangely enough, I um, gathered with, with a bunch of misfits in, in Las Vegas and we started a movement in Las Vegas called M-Vibe. And we started like uh, practicing Native American shamanism and we like have huge drum, drum circles and we started a hip hop label and we started this movement in Las Vegas in the late 90s. And I actually, believe it or not, I mean, not that I'm promoting it, but uh, I actually took psilocybin when I was 14 years old. And it uh, had a major, major healing from it. And it uh, it changed my entire life, actually, to be honest with you. And I was able to, um, it shifted my entire life. And I did, yeah, I met my father in a place of forgiveness and love and compassion and, and all those other people that had, you know, all the other abuses that I had gone through. And I mean, obviously, my story is very profoundly extreme. And but yeah, I, I chose consciously that I never, never wanted to be like these people. And I didn't want to hurt. I didn't want people to ever hurt. You know, I didn't want people to go through the things that I had gone through and seen my brothers and my mom go through. And, and yeah, I consciously chose that when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And um, when this happened, you know, I, 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 I saw a few moments of that video. And to me, it looked like these children were like just totally possessed. I mean, it looked like yeah, like I said, you know, they know the difference between right and wrong. But I've, I'm so deeply involved in, in the community myself. I, I'm a part of a huge community of people that uh, is like, um, whatever, movers and shakers. You know, they, we throw festivals. We like uh, study ancient wisdom traditions and, and you know, just um, we, we practice powerful healing pra pra practices. And I, um, I just saw this and... I just felt like everything that I've learned in my life was, you know, something that I could have taught these kids and um, that these kids were just totally lost souls and that they're just totally broken and that their, their world's broken and that, you know, they're just hurting and all of all of children, so many of these children in these inner cities, I experienced what they experienced and they're just hurting so bad and they're so lost and they don't know what to do and they don't have any other real inspirations and, 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 they're, what's popular to them is, is, is like you said, our children are deeply a reflection of what they absorb in the world. And what are they absorbing? War and fighting and mass murder and just absolutely insanity on a consistent basis. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, I couldn't feel anything other than just deep sorrow for humanity and deep compassion for these poor children that are just so lost and don't have any deep enrichment in them spiritually and 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 virtuously and i just uh i don't know i love all children and i feel like i'm a father to all children and it just hurt me it just hurt me for humanity and 
I just felt, you know, like a deep, deep compassion for humanity because I, I also, I love humanity. I think we have a deep, great, great potential that we have not reached yet. And I got to experience so much love when I was a teenager. I had, like I was saying, we started this movement, but most of the people that were doing this was my older brother and his group of friends, which were older than me. And so I was surrounded by like 50 or 100 or 500 people that were older than me at any, at any given time when I was 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. And they taught us an honor code, you know? They taught us that we we, 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 we uh, protect our women and our children in our tribe and that we we don't we don't we don't harm people that we that we just try to meet we try to solve our problems with you know music and dancing and 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 taking medicine that you know ancient plant medicines and you know so i i also felt deep compassion from that because i was like wow these kids probably don't have that you know and and how fortunate i am and to have had that and i just wish all young men and women could experience that you know what it feels like to have a deeply connected tribe community and just feel loved and and i'm also part of this really incredible community where i live and and 20 or 30 people were coming over to my house and taking care of me and just loving me and just i just like was overwhelmed with how much compassion and i was surrounded with and you know and, and it's just like wow you know people could just experience like the power and the strength of what it feels like to be able to have such deep rich love around you and deep community and and people that are just care about you and just want to be there for you for no reason other than that they just love you and yeah i just couldn't i don't i don't know i just i, I was just authentically responding to whatever it, that's just the, i can't really i don't really know how else to be other than how i am and i think it really upset some people and i was just like you know what well do you do you think that vengeance and and revenge would have saved my son because i think that would have caused more of the behaviors that led to this and i think that the only thing that only things that would have caused this to, to be stopped was people having compassion and love for each other and empathy and caring about one another. And I think that that could have stopped this kind of madness from happening. Jonathan, incredible. I mean, it brings me to tears how authentically you live your life from what you learned through pain. It is so incredibly beautiful all the way to, you know, having held your son's hand for two days on life support. And, and thinking, I mean, the whole time, from the very beginning, coming out with compassion for those boys. In fact, one of the things that you said, I'll never forget, you said those boys just could have just as easily been taught, been led to, to be working on some community project for good like they could have gotten together to do that but they got together to kill my son and and that's so true i mean it's like an alternate universe and so so that's the world that you're trying to create now you have found purpose in your pain which you did you know from childhood and now your purpose has I think even become stronger. It's the same purpose, but it's become more focused through more more pain, the loss of your son. And you've now started Team Jonathan Lewis and you have these incredible pillars, which by the way, 
yeah, would have saved your son's life, can reduce and prevent so much suffering. I, I agree wholeheartedly with them. And I just want you to talk a little bit about what you've learned through this experience and then where you're taking it. And I want people to listen because we can all be a part of this. I think one of the things that we get stuck in doing is victimizing ourselves, like ranting and raving for other people to fix the problems that we're facing in our communities and in our world, when in reality, they're not going to. Nobody's coming to fix the problems. We have to step up and do that. And it's the same in you know what you're saying. I love to see a fellow, uh, a fellow human being that takes responsibility for what's going on in the world and works to fix it. And, and that's exactly what you're doing. So can you talk to that, Jonathan? Um, yes. Well, first, just let me tell you how, how grateful I am for, for the work that you do. It's so beautiful. And I just, I cherish that so much. And I, I, I want to support you in any way that I can and all the beautiful things you're doing for your beautiful son. And um, yeah, you know, Scarlett, you really hit the nail on the head. I mean, uh, there's, there's a song that I really love. It says, we are the ones that we've been waiting for, you know, like there's, there's, if you don't take a stand and act based upon what you, what you believe and, and, and the words that you speak, then they're just falling upon deaf ears because people just like these, especially, and that's, that's especially critical in this exact instance, because for the youth, that is one of the most absolutely profound concepts, what we're describing right now. It, the words will fall upon deaf ears. Like they need to see action. They need to have a memory of that in their brain and, and see that that is what, what, what the, the solutions that we create are actually going to be manifested into society. And we are manifesting generators if we choose to be, you know, like manifest destiny is a real thing. Like we absolutely can place our mind in this a direction and we can go forth and we can achieve and we can absolutely manifest and be manifesting generators. And I happen to be deeply involved in this already, which is really interesting. Again, like in my work, I create whole management methods for my team members where I help them produce self-activated self-awareness and self-regulation mechanisms and self-review mechanisms where they get to build themselves up from recognizing their behavioral patterns. And I work with, you know, many people that are disadvantaged youth. One, one of my apprentices right now, he's, he's, uh, he just went to prison right out of high school. You know, they don't, so they have, they have gone through extreme things and, and I, that's actually why I left software. I used to work in software, but I, I, I now work in as, as a licensed electrician. I manage these, I manage for, for one of the our country's biggest electrical contractors. And I have huge teams of people and I have to create all these management styles for them. And, and I just happened to recognize, I like received this message when I was just sitting with all this pain and, and just wanting to transmute it and wanting to do something for my son and, and just feeling that there's a deep need for those of us that go through these events to recognize like that we are we have this incredible buildup of energy around us and we should we should 
trans transfer that energy into something beautiful and positive. Mm -hmm. And what 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 I understand from my experiences as an inner city youth is and and from from the world as it is today and as a father, like we these children need something tangible. You know, they need something. They they do need alternate teaching methods. Like you're saying, they need to be taught these curriculums like you have. Like uh, um, they need to be taught deep emotional intelligence. They need to be able to talk to be present in the moment. Mm -hmm. They need to be able to be taught what spiritual enrichment is, what well, what enrichment is in, as a whole. They need to understand metaphysics and, and you know, the, the deep complexities of, of the sociological. But the other thing is that we, like you're saying, to be deeply uh, inspired and to, ha to have a deep sense of purpose, it really it, it, it resonates and creates such a resonance within our, our, ourselves and our children that it deflects a lot of those other things. When you have a deep sense of purpose, the, the lower energies that, you know, the rage, the pain, the hate, those things are easily transmuted because you're rooted and grounded in, in, in something that is, you feel so deeply inside of yourself and that you, everything else is filtered through that, you know? So what I see is, is that there, is, there's a multifaceted approach. One is that you have to create a new popularism, which is why we're working towards having a peace concert on an annual basis for young people. You know, under, on all ages of, of gathering, where like like Woodstock, you know, but you know, in, in a smaller sense, where these kids can ha every year have some place to go together and feel what it feels like to gather in 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 love and peace, you know, and and actually have that resonance as a memory structure inside of themselves throughout the whole year and they can post things about it and they can talk about it and it can be popular, you know, that can be what's popular. And then you take that. Yeah. So beautiful. And then I received this message too about, well, then you need to go a step further. You know, there's philanthropist organizations like the Elaine Wynn foundation they have hundreds of millions of dollars that they just give to nonprofit organizations. Like that's their, that's their community. Like how, how, go to the people there and be like, Let's do something about this. If you have a, a healing arts center that takes that criminal mentality that is, is inherently entrepreneurial, if you, if you think about it, it truly is entrepreneurial. Like they want to be self-made. They want to have, you know, independence. They want to be just, you know, have some, uh, be in their power. And uh, the entrepreneurial spirit is very related to that. So, and, and, and creativity and is 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 in, in, as a mechanism for inspiration transmutes massive amounts of of violent behavior because when you're inspired you you're able to have an outlet that's easily transmutes much of that pain you go directly to the inspiration and and so a you healing use arts the pain you use the yes. pain as inspiration yes. you grow from the pain we can actually we're created to grow through pain pain gets us out of our comfort zone into our into our growth zone so so it, but this is something that we teach and then you know it's it's so interesting that you talk about memories because you know we teach this choice moment uh where you get into the present moment something's happening uh, say a bullying situation and you get into the present moment where you pause and get curious uh, uh, before you react in a similar way because reactions come from habit or memories and mostly 
you know, a lot, a lot of times is painful memories from childhood. They may not even be accurate, but you're reacting from those memories or you can thoughtfully respond. And we say thoughtfully respond with love, but interesting that you're talking about creating those memories. As my mom says, you know, you're, you're wanting these kids to choose love, but they don't know, they don't have any sort of history with love. It's like giving somebody a warm chocolate chip cookie and saying, here, take the, take it, take it. And you've never tasted a chocolate chip cookie. You don't know how good it is. And, uh, and so you're saying create the memory so they can feel what love feels like the goodness, the strength, because otherwise what we're being told in our society through movies, through video games, through what we see from our leaders in social media, that violence and war uh, is is powerful, uh, drugs are cool. Um, and in reality, all those things are weak. They're weak and love is what is strong. And so to be able to feel that, to create memories, I love that, Jonathan. Yeah, and I, I love what you just said too. Like they don't have the memory of love, but especially with each other, because a lot of them will have some memories of love from that from home and, and some with some of their family, maybe, but from each other. That's the critical thing is get them together in their own kind of like Woodstock thing or whatever you want to call it and actually get them have, you know, they're taking pictures. They remember it. They're sharing those around social media. It's a, you know, powerfully positive event every year. And they're able to just have that as a resonance for how to, you know, interact with one another. And, and it's like a, it's a catalyst. It's an inverted introspective catalyst point to the exact event of my son. And then it's having a, a, a healing art center, something physical, a physicality that that is able to be a, a, a launching point, a, a rooted, a root found, rudimentary rooted structure that then can branch out like mycelium does. It's it's you know interconnected, and then you have a satellite program that goes to maybe when we're going to try and work with Uber and and get other organizations involved, get lots of organizations involved, be able to bring these kids to this place. Take the exact event of my son's death and say, well, you could have been filming a breakdancing video there and you could have brought it back to the Healing Arts Center and had video, uh, professional videographers help you make it, the design out of it and, and promote it and, and make it into something that you can use to build yourself up and develop yourself and have your own entrepreneurial spirit and you know promote self-development as well so that they build some confidence and have some actually feel valuable and feel like they're 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 enriching their world and that their world is not just hopeless i mean i think that what you're saying and really what you've laid out um on your website and i encourage everybody to go visit pillars of team jonathan is something that is uh not 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 a luxury not a a want to have at this point our kids are in so much pain um, yeah. it is a, a need to have, it is uh, obviously, uh, what we're doing isn't working and the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Um, there's so much more that we can do. And the thing is we are responsible for our children's safety, health, and well-being. We are, we're the adults. We can't rant and rave at other people. These are kids killing themselves and each other at unprecedented rates. Um, you know, and and I think that 
when we wake up and realize that we're responsible, we have to be out there and start being part of the change. Taking responsibility means doing something, making a positive action, whether it's supporting a group that's doing the work or whether it is making a positive action yourself, however small it is, once you do that, you realize, ooh, this feels good. I I can make a difference. And you continue. I mean, we're responsible for the world that we're leaving our kids. What kind of world do we want to leave them? Do we want to leave them this world? Uh, I, I think not. I think there's a lot of cleaning up that we have to do. We've been too lax and too, too insular and thinking just about ourselves and, and not so much the responsibility that we have to all children. And, uh, you know, it's incredible that we're talking about this as victims of, of, uh, of children that have been murdered in cold blood. Um, and I guess, you know, for me, it took that you, you were on the change, uh, quite a while before, but for me, it took the murder of my son to actually wake up and realize, whoa, wait a minute, we're responsible for kids killing each other and we need to make a change. Uh, no longer, by the way, can anyone who's listening or anybody who won't listen to this say that they won't be impacted because now everyone is impacted because everyone followed your story, Jonathan. Um, everybody, you know, read about it. They they saw the video. Uh, and and you know, if you're even if even if you don't know someone who has experienced a violent murder of a child. You know somebody who's lost someone to substance abuse. You know somebody in your own life, probably your inner circle, maybe yourself, who suffers from mental illness. And, and a lot of this suffering can be reduced and prevented by what you're talking about, by what we do in the Choose Love movement. I know that um, we, we hope to love and support your efforts, Jonathan, as you go forward, as is uh, you know an incredible organization that you're partnering with, Dads in Schools, which is an organization that uh, has uh, run by uh, Pastor Troy in Las Vegas, who's a very um, public figure there, but uh, having fathers come in and volunteer at schools to oversee, you know, we're asking educators to do too much. So parents actually coming in and who take responsibility for what's going on just to keep the peace and help teach lessons socially and emotionally by their presence and seeing things and, and breaking up fights. And they've had incredible success because we need to be present and we need to model this stuff for our kids. We've got plenty of of unfortunately adults modeling other things for our kids and we need to stand up and do do the right thing do and it's not it's it's maybe not the easy thing but for me it's the only thing to do because it is the right thing to do and that's exactly what you're advocating for yeah and you know like one of the things you just touched on is really critical you know partnerships and getting involved and and but the other thing too that i, I the sense i really get is that well the other thing too is that we look let's be real we have epidemics of suicide and mental illness and 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 you know uh just absolute depravity however you know these are as monumental as these tasks are we need to to understand that we can do something about it. You know, there, 
this is not a hopeless situation. There's tons of people out there that are working diligently, that have created organizations like you, like Pastor Troy. There's, there's people all over the country, you know, and 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 there's there's musicians and artists that are constantly doing this and getting together and gathering with people and trying to make change and actually actually making change and inspiring people and changing people's lives and people are getting healed and and this is not a hopeless situation. I mean, there is. It, it, no, it, when, for, for instance, like I think about things in the logical sense of the universe. When something is more monumental, the energy behind it is more expansive and more intense. And so, you know, all we have to do is just implement that and, and feed that and, 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 go, and, and don't stop and just continue. And, 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 and like you're saying, join together and work together. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, Jonathan, if it's okay, um, for those who are listening that that aren't going to make it to your website, can I read your statement that you made? So your son, uh, unfortunately, um, died early in November. So so I'm kind of giving like a time frame. I know the the attack occurred on November 1st. And then he died six six days later after being in intensive care on life support. And uh, so this is a statement that you made on November 17th. So this is very shortly after your son's death. And I think it's so beautiful that it's worth reading, especially to the Choose Love audience who will really appreciate this. But um, it says a lot of people want to know why I said Quote, I hope that they can find forgiveness in their hearts and come to terms with what they've done, end quote, in the news about the children that murdered my son. My fury comes out in compassion. If I'm just vengeful, filled with rage, spite, hate, then I'm just continuing the cycles that led to these children becoming this way. I don't want that in this world. My son doesn't want that in this world. I'm furious with more than just these children. I'm a father whose son was just beaten to death because collectively we don't value human life enough. We don't focus on the best human traits of kindness, love, generosity, compassion, and empathy. I do hope these children find forgiveness in their hearts because if more people had forgiveness, love, compassion, and empathy, my son would probably still be alive. I'm an incredible warrior father. I take my children into the forest, hunt, gather, and protect all with love, compassion, and empathy. Jonathan was love, not hate, vengeance rage, anger, and revenge. Another critical confusion is when I stated that it looked like these kids were possessed by anger, rage, and hate. I meant that in the sense that any human can have hate having nothing to do with racism. We just don't have enough love. And you you capitalize love. That's what I meant. Love is justice. Forgiveness is love. Wow. So amazing. Thank you. And you know what? That is a testament to having a choose love mindset. Uh, and a mindset is a way of, of seeing, feeling, and being in the world. And you explained to us by your upbringing and what you learned and, and how you were determined to make different choices. You learned from mistakes and chose a different way. You had developed this mindset. So when faced 
with the vicious and brutal murder of your son, you maintained that integrity of that mindset, that fortitude that you had been building within yourself for love and compassion, that incredible strength. And it has carried you through to the point where so quickly you focused on making the world a better place. You know, you and I spoke on the phone so soon after, and you were already talking about your plans and, and how you were going to honor your son's legacy and, and how you felt compassion for those boys and how they could have just as easily been doing something positive that would make the world a better place. Yet here they are ganging up on your son. And, uh, and it was, it, it, it blows me away uh, and I'm in this space. And it's so, it's like, I love this, Jonathan, it's possible here it is and let's all of us that are listening right now and spread this podcast to your friends have other people listen because this is what we need to do we need to love and support jonathan's efforts we all need to be a part of the solution to what is happening today and and it feels good it feels good it feels powerful. It's unifying. And the whole time that you're on this path, you are moving fear aside and anger and hatred and revenge. You're literally moving it aside and marching forward in love. Yeah. And, and I th thank you so much, Scarlett. That's, that's so beautiful. I just, I'm so grateful for your beautiful inspiration and, and enthusiasm. And, and also to, to expand upon that, I just want people to feel something very clearly I, I i work in construction and i'm a licensed electrician and i i make more money than most of the people there and and it's incredibly violent environments with people with men that have just gone through so much suffering and trauma and there's violence all the time and people talk about like slitting each other's throats and all kinds of insane things and guess what i'm kind and loving and respectful to every member of every person on that job site i walk by everybody and place my hand on my heart and share a sense of community and love with them and you know what i have everyone has always respected and loved me because this is a great strength it's not some weak thing that's just some idea it actually works in real everyday life and and i have my life is proof of it and 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 it's it is absolutely powerful when people feel like what it feels like for somebody to consistently day in and day out live that way and care about others that they don't even you're not even somebody that they knows them and you're you say hello to them and, you, and you're you're kind and respectful and loving to them they, it shocks them to their core it makes a difference it makes a difference it does make a difference and jonathan you're making a difference in this world and i'm so grateful to you i know that i just i just know that jesse and jonathan jr are together and i believe that uh you know when th that they brought us together and uh, want us to work with one another and uh and love and support each other's efforts we're in this space for a a reason we have uh a, an incredible um strong purpose and i'm just so grateful to have met you and uh thank you for sharing your 
your compassionate and incredibly strong heart with the Choose Love community. And I look forward to, uh, you know, working together to create the world that we want to live in, one that is safe and peaceful and loving and kind. Thank you too, Scarlett. I'm so greatly honored and I'm filled with gratitude and love towards you. And, and it's such an honor to meet you and bless you all. Thank you so much. It's all part of us. We can all choose love. It'll lift you up if you let it in. Let the healing